This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. we got the whole crew with us on this episode, Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams. Uh, guys, uh, don't look now, but it's almost April. We are closing in on the midpoint of spring practice. And uh, before we know it, we'll be getting ready for G-Day on April 15th. Uh, guys, uh, you can already tell that uh, spring season's getting uh, getting here. Uh, we had to have the AC guy out working on our place uh, yesterday, so fun times. But, uh, yeah. but, hey, we got that early in the week, so the rest of the week's looking up. Uh, Rusty, how is this week treating you? Well, I'm sure he cut you a discount by the hour as well for driving out Ooh, there. Yes. Uh, uh, good. Um, you know, kind of the news that we had yesterday with – Kendall Milton, but you start talking about spring and basically halfway over, uh, spring practice halfway over. Um, and um, this is a big scrimmage coming up this weekend. We'll have a lot more coming up, you know, next week on it. But I'm interested in this spring scrimmage and this first spring scrimmage and see how things shake out uh, wide receivers versus DBs and obviously quarterback reps. Kip, uh, how is the week treating you as we get ready for another week of spring ball? Man, uh, I think it's treating me pretty well. I'm starting to get kind of scared after I just told you guys that uh, I'm going to attempt to run my first ever 5K this weekend. I'm, I'm already regretting uh, my awful decision making. I don't know what led me to, to sign up for this thinking, uh, you know, I was going to be ready for this. But you know what? Let's, let's see what happens. If you guys, uh, you know, read about me being on the injury report next week, you, you know what happened. But I thought, uh, go ahead and whatever I'm going to do this year, let's get it done before it gets uh, over 80 degrees. And I think, uh, you know, that's kind of a good plan for all of us and a, and a good plan for Georgia. Let's let's get all of this done before we, we get into the, you know, that, that summer heat, uh, which is uh, that's the time when the team gets out there and then, uh, Jordan, and everyone else is uh, the the beat is actually happy. They only get to see stretching because well, we don't we don't want to be out there whenever uh, teams are trying to actually get better and get prepared for the season. That's that's when we uh, make sure we have working AC. Which right now, guys, if you you know th- that now is the time to go ahead and get that done before it's too late. And uh, let's let's enjoy this these last couple of uh, days and weeks in the seventies while we can. Right. Have all those air filters changed, be ready to go. And Kip, we'll have you an ice bath ready at the finish line because I feel like that's going to come in handy. Uh, well, let's jump right into what Rusty had mentioned a second ago. Big news on Monday with Kendall Milton dealing with a hamstring injury. He's going to miss the rest of spring. Uh, obviously, a significant uh, situation given Kendall looks like he will be the number one running back came into the spring. Would that be in the expectation? 
Uh, Rusty, what kind of situation does this leave Georgia's running back with, at least for the spring, the fact that Kendall will not be available and uh, what some of those other guys are going to have to do in the meantime? First of all, you got to kind of feel for Kendall Milton, man. I mean, this guy's been banged up. Seems like every time he gets right there on the edge to be that guy, something like this happens. And, you know, this right here, a little more, I, I don't know that it's torn, uh, but I do know this is a, this is a, this is a pretty significant injury here. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, everything I heard yesterday, he'll be back this season, as long as nothing's crazy, and uh, should be able to get back into the summertime workouts. But, you know, you start dealing with hamstrings and stuff like that. There's nothing to do. You can do all the rehab and everything you want, but that's that takes time. So, you know, uh, this is an important year for him. The good news is it happened, you know, here at the end of March and not September. Because uh, really, if you go through a season, you just that never really heals. You never can really get back. Now he's got a couple of months. Now he can really rehab as much as possible and just let that thing rest. So, you hate it for him, but, you know, uh, as I wrote yesterday on Dogs 247, sounds like Roderick Robinson, the true freshman from San Diego, California, all 235 pounds of him um, is kind of announcing his presence. Uh, when 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 they have physical reps, it uh, sounds like Roderick Robinson is not shying away from contact and, and he's making an early name for himself. So that could be good news. You got Dejon Edwards, Branson Robinson are proven guys as well. So, uh, you know, Georgia's got some depth there, but Kendall Milton, you look at him as his experience and, you know, come with the, some of the late season stuff where he flashed and you're like, this is this is the guy. He's healthy and you just kind of want him to uh, be there this summer so we can see 100 percent full blown grown man Kendall Milton and see what he can do uh, for the Georgia throughout a whole season. You have to feel for Kendall. You know, I'm thinking about a couple of weeks ago when we talked to him. You could tell he's super excited to play in Mike Bobo's offense. And, you know, I had a few people message me, and I think there was a little bit of talk of this on the board, you know, being like, well, he's got to take stretching a lot more seriously. He's got to do this and that. You know, he made it a point, and I don't think he was even asked about it, talking about that, you know, the efforts he's made to try to prevent some of these injuries. You know, he dealt with a hamstring in fall camp last year. He had a groin injury. Uh, it's just a tough blow, and, and you hope a kid like Kendall, as hard as he works, gets that opportunity, and hopefully he'll be able to go uh, once we get back in summer and we'll be set to go by the time we get to fall camp. I'll touch on that. You know, he can be injury prone, but but someone to say he's not taking stretching serious, there, there's too many eyes on you, too many people. You know, you look at Ron Corson, who's one of the best in the country. You look at Scott Sinclair. If you ever get a chance to watch Georgia in warm-ups, watch how many people are standing there when they're doing stretching. Uh, even in pregame, you know, there's 50 freaking staff members there and they're walking through every lane. So the, the, I don't blame Kendall Milton for this. I think, you know, he can be injury prone, but as far as someone saying he's not taking stretching serious enough, those types of things, look, this young man knows how important this year is. I, I guarantee you he's attacking every single day um, with, with serious stuff. You look at him, he's put together and, and those types of things. So just really, really string a bad luck. You hope he's done with it. Uh, but someone to say he's not taking that serious, that, that's just not the case because at Georgia and these big-time programs, uh, they have so many people on you and, and get you loose and those types of things. And particularly with someone like him, they probably give him extra. You know, they probably look at him extra extra treatment, those types of things. So you hate it for him. You just hope he's back for the season. No doubt about it. And, you know, he talked about – you know, there were, there were questions about maybe he uh, looked to go elsewhere this offseason. He talked about that a couple of weeks ago and said, look, I'm at Georgia. I want to graduate. I want to finish with my guys. So, to Rusty's point, you hope that 
he comes back strong and is able to do and accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Kip, when it comes to the spring, what do you think about the opportunity that this now presents to some of those guys Rusty talked about? Uh, Roderick Robinson, Branson Robinson, Dejan Edwards, those guys that have a chance to get maybe a little bit more work because Kendall is on ice. Yeah, I mean, for Georgia, they need uh, – Del McGee will tell you he needs four healthy running backs to get through a season. Georgia plans on playing in December, late in December, and, and in January. That's the expectation for this team. <clears throat> so you, you look at this group. they got to go out there and show that they can, you know, they can not just run between the tackles. I mean, you know, with Edwards and, and Robinson, they have to expand their skill set. You know, one thing with Kendall Milton, you know, everyone talks about who's going to replace Kenny McIntosh in the passing game. You know, uh, it, that aspect of Georgia's offense, is it going to go away? And that is one area where Kendall Milton's athleticism, that kind of made me think, you know, he might be that guy that's best suited to, to be on the field in those situations, to be more involved in the passing game. You know, but you got to stay on the field. So this spring, you got to look and see, can Edwards, you know, can can Branson or Roderick, uh, you know, how well can they catch the ball out of the backfield? Are they able to pick up pass pro? Uh, those are big aspects of their game that they have to showcase this spring so that they can, you know, earn the trust of Mike Bobo and this coaching staff. So I, I think as far as the the ground game is concerned, sure, they got guys. You know, uh, I don't think that was a, you know, a, a worry to begin with, even though Kendall Milton was, you know, he got, I think it was right at, right under seven yards per rush. It was the highest on the, on the team last year and, and got in the end zone eight times. There's production there as well. Uh, but but these other guys are really talented and, and they're going to have a chance to kind of showcase and, and you know, earned a, a, another chunk of playing time, at least in the spring, but also audition just in case Kendall Milton's not ready to go, just in case, you know, Andrew Paul is not ready, uh, you know, not completely back from his injury last season as well. Another guy that's really talented and, and has a chance to, you know, if he can get, you know, back on the field. Uh, really be productive for Georgia. But I, I think right now it's an audition and, and Georgia's going to need Kendall Milton late, late in the season, as Rusty said, but definitely, you know, with the grind of playing what Georgia hopes is 15 games for the you know third year in a row, uh, they want to make sure they have all hands on deck. So it's going to be a big summer for Kendall Milton, a big spring for these other running backs and a chance to see some different looks, see if these guys can kind of uh, not replicate what Kenny McIntosh does, but showcase some of their, their skill sets other than just breaking tackles, which I think, you know, all these guys have already showcased they can do that at a high level. Let's talk a little bit about spring to this point. I believe if my math is correct, Tuesday's practice will be the seventh. So we're getting close to the halfway point of spring ball. Um, Rusty, I'll start with you. What has struck you the most of – what we've seen, what we've heard to this point in spring ball, either if it's guys who have surprised you or guys that uh, you think could really turn heads by the time we get to GNA. I think all three quarterbacks have kind of flashed at, at different times and from things I've heard. And, you know, there's an old saying, if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Well, I can tell you this, that Georgia's got three and all three of them can play. Now, somebody's going to separate themselves, and right now I want to be real clear about this because I haven't talked a ton about him. Um, I'm in the corner that this is Carson Beck's job to lose. He's got a head start on everybody, even though it's a new system with Mike Bobo. Uh, he's been there longer. He's kind of you know been through some things, a little bit more practice. 
Um, you know, I, I do feel if Georgia had to play Monday, I think they would start Carson Beck. Now, do I think this is over with? I do not. I do not think this is over with. There's a lot of time to go. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of things happen in the summer. Then you got to fall camp. And then let's be honest, man, Georgia's schedule is not exactly murderous row. Uh, so, you know, they've got time to play multiple people to get people more reps and see how things go. Um, I say it all the time. We covered this team, and we kept hearing Dewan Mathis buzz, and we heard it for three or four weeks. And Dewan Mathis started, and Todd Munkin chose Dewan Mathis, and he got in the game and couldn't do it. So, you know, with those things, I think this is a long way from being said. But I do think right now I have heard that all three quarterbacks have had a really good like first and you know first two weeks almost. Uh, we'll start seeing with this scrimmage when they get those ones versus ones and each speech quarterback gets their reps in that what's going on. So, uh, but, you know, I think people don't want to hear that. I think they want one person to kind of take it and run. But right now I think all three quarterbacks have shown some flashes of that's why they're at Georgia. And that's why they were all so highly rated coming out of high school. It's honestly a good problem to have. You want to make it difficult for those coaches to decide. And to your point, Russ, I mean, with this uh, schedule, the way it's set up early, you know, we may see a couple guys. It may present the opportunity for some of those guys to get out there. And and uh, even, too, if someone feels like they've separated themselves in the spring, you know, it's kind of a different situation once the bullets start flying, once you're out there in a game. So it's going to be something where you have uh, followed to this point and are going to continue to follow. We we don't have that Oklahoma at Oklahoma game week two, which we, we would have had. And you could have found out real quickly who they thought the guy was going to going to Norman. But unfortunately, we don't have that. So, you know, you enter what's Ball State, I think. A little, little different, a uh, little different game plan against Ball State, I think, than going to Northern Oklahoma Week Two. But we'll, we'll see how this thing plays out. Yeah, not quite. Although they are a, a formidable MAC opponent, not quite the uh, the same level there. Uh, Kip, uh, what about you when it comes to the spring to this point? Has anything really caught your attention? Uh, anything of real interest from what we've seen and heard to this point? Well, I haven't really, you know, heard a lot of buzz about the wide receivers, but, uh, you know, just really impressed about what we've heard from Lawson Lucky so far. And I think obviously with Pierce Sperlin, you know, being out, he's getting extra reps in practice. You know, you, you talk about that tight end room, Darnell Washington going off to the NFL, bringing back the best tight end in the country for third year in a row. But there's a lot of reps to be had there. Are they going to continue to use two tight end sets? Are they going to flex these guys out wide? You know, how are they going to work in that with the wide receiver rotation that looks as deep as it, you know, has looked at Georgia? Uh, I, I think, you know, what you're hearing from Lawson Lucky is that he has a chance to to play a pivotal role and, and to be a really good player. And, and just like Oscar Delp last year, you hear that this time of the year, but then, you know, you, you knew last year, well, He's got two alphas ahead of him, you know, two guys that have already showcased what they can do. But, you know, this year, uh, you know, with Oscar Depp moving up into that role, Lawson Lucky also still has a chance to play a big role alongside him. And I think, you know, he just brings, you know, another elite pass catcher to the table, regardless of who's at quarterback for Georgia. I think that tight end position is going to be huge. You know, you're going to you're going to ask a lot of these guys. These guys are going to be the, you know, the guys that, that get your, your quarterback out of precarious situations guys you can rely on on third down and so i think this position you know you're going to ask some different things out of it than you asked in the past i think as far as you know what Boston lucky brings to the table overall as a tight end i'm it's really impressed by him and i think that you know he's a guy to watch it you know when we get to see them out there whether it's in practice or g-day i think he could be a guy that 
you know, really continues to get more buzz is if he can, you know, try to not hit that freshman wall that, that they all hit, you know, whether it's in the spring or the fall, it, it, it's tough to continue to, to play at that high level. That's kind of what Kirby Sharp tries to teach these guys. You know, you're used to being the, the best player on the team. How do you handle it? You know, when, when you have bad reps when you get beat in a couple of reps, and that's what we're going to learn a lot about him and a lot of these other freshmen. And I think that even with the depth that Georgia has, I think it's impressive how many freshmen, you know, have already kind of made a name for themselves and what we said, seven practices so far. Yeah. I got to say, I, I've been pleasantly surprised in that regard because before spring, you know, I always try to like to, uh, to, to write a story that's like, Hey, here's the guys, here's the new guys that could make an impact. And you're sort of like, well, there's not a lot of spots where you can say, Oh, this true freshman's all of a sudden going to get in the mix. And, Credit to a lot of these guys. They really lived up to the occasion and shown that, uh, you know, they're willing to go out there and show out, which, I mean, that just, again, speaks to the talent they've continued to recruit at so many different positions and the way they've reloaded. I think the only position I would throw in that we haven't really talked about uh, that we've written a good bit about is that left tackle battle. And it really feels like to this point, Austin Blasky and Ernest Green are in the mix there. And, you know, two really different situations with those two guys, Austin Blasky, a veteran at this point, guy that got in the mix some last year was in some of those jumbo packages and is a guy that can move around and play different positions. And then you got Ernest Green, who's a redshirt freshman, who honestly was one of the more talked about players in last year's spring ball. You know, he winds up being the second team left tackle at G day, a guy that a lot of people were really surprised by in a good way and just dealt with injuries down the stretch. And by the time we got into the season, wound up not playing, but uh, you know, I think it's, again, it's a good problem to have for Georgia in the fact that they've got two looks like really talented, really capable options there. And I think it's a battle we're going to continue to see. And it's going to be really fascinating by the time we get to April 15th, who is where and what really both those two starting uh, the, the red team and the black team, what those offensive lines look like. Well, on that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, just talk briefly about what's left of spring ball, anything we're looking for, and then talk a little bit about Georgia's latest commitment. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Well, like we mentioned, we're roughly around the halfway point of spring ball. And I'll start with you, Kip, with, with what's left of spring practice and including G-Day. What are you the most intrigued by? What are you going to be watching closely and trying to get a feel for as we get closer and closer to the end of spring? I want to see the continued progression or just see what they have uh, as far as their pass rushers, whether that's, you know, the next man up on the defensive line, uh, we've seen Trey Scott now just continue to uh, 
basically put guys in the league and coming in as a you know a coach that not a lot of people knew about now it's it's who will trey scott put in there next i think you, know, you look at bear alexander you know is he ready to take that next step we saw some flashes of him obviously in the national championship game he kind of showed what he could do is he ready to step up and be a guy that you can count on you know snap you know drive after drive multi, you know playing increased snaps can he and then michael williams I mean, that's a guy that when we saw him on the field it was you know just truly impressive what he was able to do in his first year but now you know now you, you might have to be the guy you know as far as the pass rush is concerned as far as just playing defensive end uh that which is now a premier position at georgia you know what can he do as as maybe a team leader in that room and then you know you're always looking for guys that can you know kind of go from good to great at georgia uh, when they get to their junior their senior year and i think for for me that guy's kind of nazir stackhouse a guy that's just developed continuing to get better every year and now he's just a really good defensive tackle you know what what is that defensive front how you know how are they able to do uh, and can they get a pass rush if not there's one of these true freshmen, you know, is uh, what does Damon Wilson look like, uh, you know, in Georgia's defense? How does he look out there? Is, is he continuing to progress? Because, you know, at least one or two of these true freshmen outside these edge guys, they're going to have to play a lot. And I think even though, you know, the guys they lost last year had a lot of experience and Nolan Smith and Robert Beal, I think this group, I mean, the athleticism overall, the talent, uh, the room, you know, I don't want to say it, but, you know, there's a chance they're able to improve overall in the level of play in that room and get some things done and do some things they haven't really been able to do the last couple of years, which I get it. It's it's kind of crazy to say that for potentially two guys getting drafted and one who may have, you know, combined himself into a, being a first round pick. But I still think that that room, uh, the, the ceiling has not been found there. And I, I think this group has a chance to kind of just raise the overall level of play in this defense. So just want to see what the pass rush can do. Rusty, what about you as far as what you want to see with what's left of spring and any position or positions that really intrigues you? Uh, well, you know, I hate to be generic, but it's quarterback for me. You know, I want to see what – can anyone separate these last couple of weeks? You know, G-Day is always like a 7-on-7 seven seven game, going to be a lot of passing, those types of things. The quarterbacks are dead, so – uh, the, the scrimmages, you know, I wish we could see those, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk with people as much as we can to find out. But, you know, that that will be action-packed. That will be physical. Um, that will be with some things or I, I think maybe can separate, uh, you know, maybe some backup linemen make moves. I talked about Michael Morris uh, and those types of things. Can those guys, you know, Dylan Fairchild, can they take that step as well? So you look at those things and um, – I think another guy that uh, I'm interested in is Jonel Aguero. You know, how much can he pick up? Uh, that's a big, fast, physical dude. He's just like every other freshman, especially on the defense side of the bar, and has head spinning, you know, trying to learn calls and those types of things. Never been through anything like this. Uh, but physically, he is there. It just takes a little while mentally. And will the game slow down a little bit for him? Uh, you know, to, to can he have that impact like Malachi starts? Can he be a starter in game one as a true freshman? I don't know. He's certainly got the size and physicality to him. Uh, mental will be him and what kind of steps forwards he take. Because like you said, Jordan, there's only a few spots where these guys can make an impact this year on this team and amount of talent coming back. But 
Uh, safety is one of those positions that's kind of got some open spots. And uh, obviously this quarterback job is all eyes on quarterback. We, if there's one thing we know how to cover on Dogs 247, it's a quarterback race. My goodness, we've been through it the last 10. When in doubt, if I'm looking for stories, I can write about the quarterbacks. I can guarantee no doubt. that. No uh, doubt. Kind of going off of what Rusty said, another position in the secondary that I really want to watch is cornerback. You know, they're trying to figure out who's going to start in that spot. Keely Ringo uh, has vacated as he gets ready for the NFL. Uh, Rusty and I had talked over the weekend, and we had some notes for you guys and mentioned what Julian Humphrey has been doing. You know, a guy that didn't play a ton his first year, but again, you think about the depth that was ahead of him. Um, it sounds like he's turning heads. You know, really, it seemed like going in that we were all looking at Dalen Everett and Nylon Green as the favorites for that job. And it really seems like Julian's done himself uh, really well in, in presenting uh, what it takes to play. And, and even as young as he is, maybe get to the mix. So uh, that's a, a battle that I'm really intrigued to see. And again, you can only take so much from how they line up at uh, G-Day and and what uh, you know that means for the future. But I think Julian's a really talented guy that uh, has a chance to maybe turn heads and, and see what he can do uh, as he gets ready for his second year in Athens. It's also the first year I think we've all been together, Julian Rochester. Has he, is he, is he got one more left in him, or is he still here? <laughs> I know. I need to look at some of the guys that are left. It feels like it's finally starting to turn over a little bit. Every time I turn around, like Julian Rochester is getting one more rep, or he's wearing like – 48 or something, you know, I'm like, my goodness, Julian, make me feel old, man. <laughs> uh, well, let's make sure before we get out of here, let's talk about one of uh, the uh, recruiting nuggets from this weekend, some pretty big news for Georgia, uh, landing another commitment in what stands as the number one class uh, in the 2024 cycle. Georgia adds three-star Malachi Tolliver from Cartersville. Um, he had some interest from – I think he had 19 scholarship offers other than Georgia, interest from schools like Auburn, Georgia Tech. Uh, Rusty, tell us a little bit about Malachi, how this sort of came together, and uh, the kind of lineman that Georgia's lined up to get with him committing. Uh, well, here, you know, I have a lot of questions, and obviously I, I do – I'm take a um, – I do want – I'm actually te taking the text right now to make sure that there's nothing breaking right now. There's not. Relax. Great. Uh, taking some input. Uh, I, do, I do work. I do work. Um <laughs> The uh, Malachi Tolliver, I'll say this, that I've known him for a little while. I haven't seen him as much. Um, I've, I've seen him practice once. I saw him at the Under Armour camp uh, along with Kip. First time we got a chance to see him. And, um, you know, the one thing I think would be very consistent, very positive, that is a very strong powerhouse program at Cartersville. Uh, they know how to practice hard. You know, they put out multiple kids, not just Trevor Lawrence. I got kids all over the place uh, in college rosters and, uh, Mountain Miller four style. I think he's still in the league too, as well. So they've got a lot of, you know, NFL caliber people there. So the, the first thing you like is this kid's going to know how to practice hard. The next thing I'll say about him is a Georgia fan. You know, when that Georgia offer came, I knew at that point it was kind of going to be tough to beat him. If he was actual take, he was a take. And uh, Stacey Searles was over there, I think twice in January, uh, stopped by school twice and saw him. I know Will Muschamp stopped by in the fall and saw him and they also had him at camp last summer. So, you know, when they make a decision like that, it's based off what they've seen. Georgia just doesn't take an in-state kid and go, Hey, let's just hope he, hope it works out. You know, now sometimes they're not able to crack the lineup, but they have a pretty good amount of information on him and what they like from him. Now, one thing, you know, Kip had texted me, I, I was working at camp on Sunday and Kip had texted me and said, his profile said six, three, 300. 
I checked with two different places in both different schools, had him at six, five, Georgia had him at six, five and a quarter. Uh, so listen, those types of things get, you know, thrown around a little bit differently, but uh, I'm pretty confident he's, he's, he's taller than the profile says we'll get that adjusted as well. But I uh, got a long 80, 80 and a half inch wingspan. So you got some length to work with right there. And, you know, look, Georgia, I think people, they get so used to getting five stars and kids that aren't ranked in the top 100. And, and that's just the nature of our industry. If you get a three-star kid, people are like, what are we doing? Well, what they're doing with Eric Stokes, he was a first-round draft pick. Uh, Solomon Kinley was a kid that was a three-star, and he wound up being a, a three-year starter. You know, all it, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're always 100% right. Um, I talked about it yesterday on the radio. The NFL misses as well, too. So, you know, if you're a three-star prospect ranked in the recruiting industry, you are considered a power five starter in college. I think people lose that at some point, the three stars. I think the number I saw the other day, only 4.5% kids nationwide are even ranked. 4.5% of 1.3 million high school football players. So keep that in perspective as well. So we'll see. I think Georgia's got uh, they got some guys are in on and, um, you know, because of the job that I do and, and, and the names and stuff, 2024 is an important class for Georgia at offensive line, especially at offensive tackle. Now, if you want to go look at 2025 and in-state offensive linemen and in-state tackles, that 2025 class is going to be one of the deepest O-line classes. That one, Gaston from Westlake, uh, Mason Short, uh, Evans uh, High School in Augusta, Nick Brooks at Buford. Is 6'8", 325 pounds. And he looked like, uh, I think Kip, one, somebody said at the Under Armour camp, you know, he looked like um, Isaiah Wilson, like how big he was. There's mm-hmm. only, so, there only so many of those bodies around. So uh, 2024 is an important class. But I think when you look at two classes together, 24 and 25, the state of Georgia is as deep as I've seen it at offensive linemen. Kip, any thoughts about Malachi and just the offensive line recruiting uh, this cycle and the cycle after that? Let's let's not forget also for 2025, uh, that number one overall recruit in the country, David Sanders, at a Providence Day School in Charlotte, where Georgia just signed uh, Kieran Jones, a defensive back athlete. Georgia's in pretty good there early on in his recruitment. Number one recruit in the country. You do not often see that from an offensive lineman. I mean, rarely, if ever, maybe once or twice ever in the industry as an offensive lineman, the number one overall prospect. But the guy's got an outstanding frame, uh, loves Georgia. And and obviously, Stacey Serrells uh, has gotten in there pretty good early on, and, and the coaching staff's impressed him. So that's a big one as well. So we're not trying to <clears throat> go ahead and ha- ask everyone to check out for – offensive line recruiting this 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 cycle but right it, it, it is what it is you got to get some guys you can't not recruit the position for a cycle and, and skip it that's i've actually we've actually rusty and i've been here long enough to actually see that happen before and what that can do to a program whenever you you do not continue to stockpile uh the offensive line room and it, it wreaks havoc on your program and so they got to get some guys it just puts an emphasis on their evals they got to get these evals right. You got to get guys that are going to buy into your program, maybe guys that are willing to develop for multiple years and, and you know, guys that can help you in year three. Uh, and so, 
I mean, that's that's the key there. Uh, obviously, in state for Georgia this cycle, getting a guy uh, that can play multiple positions and be versatile, that there's a lot of value in that. So when I look at Malachi Tolliver, I see a guy that kind of reminds me of a couple guys Georgia signed last cycle. You look at Joshua Miller, you look at Kelton Smith, guys that kind of have that positional flexibility that they got the length to play offensive tackle if you need them to, but could also play guard. You know, I, I think you, you could put you know, Tolliver in at right guard and, and and not worry about it one bit. You know, I don't know his measurements. I don't know his frame, but I know that just overall looking looking at him and what I saw at Under Armour, he's a guy that I think can play right tackle, play right guard if you need him to. And I think that that holds a lot of value. And he's also a guy that I think is going to continue to get stronger as he reshapes his body and, and, and just, you know, he gets into that strength and conditioning program. I think a guy in year two, year three can be completely, completely different player. And we've seen that in Georgia's offensive line. We've seen some guys that you look at them and you have to do a double take, you know, they don't look the same at all. And, uh, you know, just guys like Jordan Davis, uh, you know, Isaiah Wilson, the guy, uh, Andrew Thomas. I mean, these are guys that came in 350, 360 pounds and, we're playing 30, you know, 40 pounds lighter uh, at Georgia. So it, it's just uh, it's amazing what they can do in, in that program. And I think that's that's what you got to get in the offensive line. You got to get a guy that you think you can develop and it's, has the traits that you look for as far as tenacity, toughness, guys that just want to get in there and, and work. And I think that's definitely what Malachi Tolliver brings to the table and, and gives them a, a good frame to play multiple positions. In state, you still got to work on a guy like Daniel Calhoun. It's a guy that, that, you know, Georgia's made a priority, but that's a battle right there in his recruitment. It just tells you that the offensive tackle position is just so down this year. Uh, everyone's going to key in on the same guys. And so you know, Alabama, Tennessee, Texas, I think if this ends up being an Alabama-Georgia battle, those June official visits for Daniel Calhoun will be, will be huge. There's just not a huge margin for error for the elite offensive tackle position. So it's going to be a big test for Stacey Searles in his first full recruiting cycle at Georgia. And if he can bring in a guy like that, but you got to get the Malachi Tollivers of the world and you got to hit on those evals. A couple of questions there. Bo Hewley is not enrolled at Georgia yet. So offensive tackle, Kip brought his name up, Kelton Smith, a guy that I really, really like. So I'm not saying that Georgia don't have it, but you have to continue to stockpile those tackles. Saw how important that was. I mean, Broderick Jones didn't play much. He got inserted into the national championship game, you know, in that game. So uh, you got to have those guys, and if you're going to continue to play at that level, so I don't, I don't want to put people into panic mode off, over offensive line, but I do think Georgia needs to add one or two more tackles. And um, question it for do we leave for do we leave from Jordan Harris for Daniel Calhoun? First of all, I think Daniel Calhoun's going to wind up being a guard, which is not a bad thing. Uh, you got to have those big body guards. Look at Tate Ratledge and Trust right now. Those two, that's two massive human beings. So uh, nothing wrong with playing guard, and those guys get NFL paychecks too. Uh, but I do think Georgia's in that thing deep. Alabama, and Miami as well with that. So we'll see. Official visits in June going to be a big for him. And uh, last question, I think we had last. I, I, this is a great one. Who was the last kid from Buford to sign with Georgia? And a couple people mentioned Grayson. I'll give you a good answer to that. I'll give you a Buford and, and a Grayson kid at the same time. Griffin Scroggs went to both schools, so Georgia signed him. <laughs> <laughs> he was at Buford for two, and he went to Grayson for two. So uh, they did reach in there. But obviously, Grayson put out a lot of players. Buford uh, with K.J. Bolden, Edrick Houston, they're all their guys. Um, you know, right now, Justice Haynes was only there for 
what, about 10 and a half months, you know, coming over from Blessed Trinity. So I consider him a Blessed Trinity prospect. Um, and, and um, you know, K.J. Bolden and Edric Houston are two highly, highly recruited players for a reason. And uh, I think Georgia at some point this year is going to kind of end that quote-unquote Buford streak with one of those two. We'll see. We'll see as it gets down to it. I don't think they're going over two on both. I know they're two major, major targets for Georgia. And we'll follow that the entire way. There's no doubt about that. Before we get out of this uh, episode, going to let Craig Lawson start this Georgia men's basketball minute. Tennessee and Alabama still have zero Final Four appearances. Uh, <laughs> did uh, did want to mention there was kind of one Georgia nugget from uh, the Elite Eight, and it was Dusty May, former Georgia or former Georgia, former Mike White assistant at Florida. Uh, he is the head coach at Florida Atlantic, and they're headed to the Final Four. Got a big win to move on and keep their season alive. Mike White was interviewed uh, after the fact. I believe it was Andy Katz who interviewed him, talking about the work that. Dusty has done and you know I had a chance back in January I asked Mike about Dusty in Florida Atlantic because they were one of the better non-power five I guess you would say in the football terms teams of the regular season Uh, he spoke really really highly of the job Dusty's done so if you're looking for a team to root for if you want to kind of keep a Georgia feel I would say Florida Atlantic's probably that team Uh, guys you got any feelings uh, with this final four you got Florida Atlantic San Diego State, Miami, UConn. Uh, who do you guys think uh, will be in that national title game, and who's going to win it? How those brackets look, guys? How did you guys do in your Final Four? Busted. I had Arizona going very far, so that did not work. After out. the first day, I thought I was going to stop looking, but I just pulled it. I pulled up the dogs two four seven bracket, and hell if I didn't make second. I forgot I had UConn in that Final Four, so. Uh, I, I'd love to tell you that I'm, you know, I got UConn, but I had them losing. But I, I mean, you got, it's all about defense, man. For for me, I'm going. I watch San Diego State, and and they just smother you. They smother you. They don't give you a chance to to get you know any ball movement whatsoever. They don't give you a chance to catch your breath. And so you know, I just love the tenacity they play with. I. I I think they got a great chance, and it's just uh, this has got to be the wackiest Final Four in recent memory. It's got my attention, the games, and I don't watch a ton of college basketball anymore, but I have watched a ton of this tournament, and because you just never know what's going to happen, I'm very interested in the future of the tournament. Is this a signal of how things are? I mean, it's no it's no secret how Miami built their team. I mean, they went out and nil this thing and got all these transfers in, and these guys, you know, they're putting it together at the right time and getting hot. I mean, you look at Georgia, have no idea how or their plan or how deep they are with NIL and basketball. But to know that, it, you know, in one year, you can make a dent if you get the right guys in college basketball. So uh, you look at all these things, uh, and, and it's interesting, but I the I don't know if the rating is going to be really high this weekend, but I'm going to watch it. I look forward to it. Also, uh, you know, I'm a girl dad, so I'm going to look forward to watching Iowa and South Carolina Friday night. That game's going to be to watch Caitlin Clark go against South Carolina. So uh, I'm, I'm ready to tune in for some basketball this week. Basketball is going to get this is the one year weekend of the year that basketball gets the full rusty match sale. They're going to get it for, for four days this weekend. Yeah, we're ordering food in Friday night. I want to watch that Iowa South Carolina game. And uh, yeah. on the on the men's side, I think it's UConn. And I'm gonna stick with the Dusty May train. We're gonna say FAU makes it to the title game, but no. I'm picking UConn. I think the Huskies. Uh, it's been a little bit since they've been 
really that relevant in men's basketball, but I think they get yep. it done. Yep. Well, well the, yeah, go ahead, Rusty. I'm just, I'm just glad. I'm, I, I grew up Fab Five, watching all that crew in North Carolina, and actually went to Cincinnati, Ohio, one time to watch Alabama play North Carolina in Sweet 16. That's how big of a fan I was way back today. So I hope college basketball trends up and, and gets some excitement. But the one thing I'll tell you that if this is the sign of things to come, it's going to be wild watching March Madness every year. No doubt about it. And we're going to keep everybody up to date on what's going on with Mike White and company continuing to work to reload this roster as they get ready for his second season later this year. So we're going to wrap up this episode. Appreciate uh, the whole crew for popping on. Appreciate everybody who checked this out live, everybody who's listening to this after the fact. So we got out of here on that. For Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, I'm Jordan Hill. Until next time, take care.